Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the Man Coverage Pod. I'm your host, Mike Payton. We've got ourselves a special guest today. I, I'm really excited. I, I think that me and this guy ha, have, a, have a budding romance happening. It's, it, it's a real friendship happening here. I, I can feel it. It's happening. It's, it's starting. Uh, I've got M Live's Ben Raven on today. Ben, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. I uh, 100% agree with you, Mike. We have got a creepily... Decent amount of stuff in common. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. It, it's a lot. It, <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm not even going to waste any time. Normally, I'm like, uh, so Ben, tell me where you were born and everything like that. But let's just get into it, man. Let's just jump right into the thing that you and I know we want to talk about. One of the reasons I brought you on this podcast is because, like you said, we have some things in common. One of them is that at, at one point in time, we were both professional wrestlers. <laughs> you in training, yeah, yeah. In training, yeah. <laughs> you obviously a lot more than me. Um, <laughs> I can I can wrap up my entire story incredibly fast. I, I I trained to be a wrestler in Memphis, Tennessee, when I was 17 years old. I uh, couldn't do a flat back bump. I was afraid to get on the top rope because I thought it was too high. The ropes hurt my back. Uh, I was a lumberjack for exactly one match at one professional wrestling show in this church out in Munford, Tennessee. I couldn't tell you what the name of that church was. It was the weirdest thing. They put me in the heel locker room, so I guess I was a heel. Uh, I was out there as a lumberjack. I couldn't stop laughing, which made it even worse because I did not look like a bad guy because I was laughing at everything the bad guys were saying. Uh, I threw like two punches, did a clothesline, and that was the end of my wrestling career. <laughs> but you, you, you have a lot more. So let's get into it. Tell me about it. All right. Yeah. Um, the 16, 15 months before I took the Lions job, like we're talking a year and a half ago, I was going to Canada three to four or uh, three nights a week to the Can-Am Dojo in Windsor to train uh, with Scott Demore, who's the executive vice president at Impact Wrestling and yeah, man, I was there three to four times a week. I was their wheel man from the Detroit airport to Canada for impact shows in Ontario, which was a life-changing experience. And yeah, at the end there, before I took the science job, just because, I mean, journalism is my passion. I always knew I wanted a job like this. And it was a really tough decision, to be completely honest. I know people are going to shake their head at that. But I mean, the passion and the love of what I had doing, the physicality of it, I just the acting, the comedy, the action, just everything about it, and just getting that in depth into something. I mean, it wasn't just like three nights a week kind of going over there and tying up and stuff. I mean, this last like eight months of wrestling school were 
insane. I was doing full on matches, getting my ass chewed out by like the most critical people on the face of the earth. It's just like it, it teaches you a lot about yourself. And I mean, whether or not I go back once this coronavirus stuff happens or not, I mean, the lessons and experiences learned from wrestling, gifted to me by wrestling, something so many people turn their nose up at or laugh at is like changed my life for the better and made me who I am today. I, I trained for a very short time, but it is an incredibly hard game to be in. I mean, it yeah. it, it, it is a physically demanding, uh, mentally draining sport that I – I think people just, you know, yes, there is a there is a predetermined ending, but you still have to have uh, uh, like a, a cardio that is that is unmatched. I mean, this the cardio that you have to have for that to do a full match, like an eight minute match, is, is insane. I mean, and so many people don't have it. Did, did, do you think you, you know, is that something you struggled with, or I mean, wh- where where did you shine and where did you where did you not shine? I was told that I put on entertaining practice matches, entertaining one-on-one matches. You know, I felt like my cardio was great. Uh, I'm a former college basketball player. The physicality and that kind of stuff is, um, it doesn't really compare because like you just said, eight minutes in a wrestling ring is the craziest cardio you can imagine. Whether it's a slow-paced match or a fast-paced match, you're carrying around another guy. It's just, your wind is so much. You just learn so much about yourself and your body. Like, honestly, like, wrestling trade it was so hard but the thing i shined much i i loved making people laugh and like making people that reaction i love getting that reaction like i had a goofy gimmick that got over with the boys from the second i did it i don't want to call it a gimmick because the only thing i would do is hit a big boot and turn on the apron i'd say if you crave it's brave and give me a call call and the whole gym would call call i'm just like <laughs> it just like lit me up man it lit me up it absolutely lit me up i i, I miss it to this day but yeah it's a JR says it's not ballet and it's not because I'm telling no. you, I aged, I aged my body in those 15, 16 months of doing that uh, sprained AC joint, right shoulder, sprained my left ankle twice. I broke my nose and had to go through an international border with a broken nose. Well, they, they had no idea what to do with me when I told them how it <laughs> happened. Like, what, what were you doing? You were working in Canada without permission? No, 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 no. I swear it was just practice. Just like, wait. Oh, just, man. <laughs> Yeah, when you say stuff like that, I, I'm glad that my career was so short lived. <laughs> I luckily never got hurt, and it was only because I was afraid to do anything, which is part of the reason why they didn't want me to be there anymore. And also, you know, they went out of business. But did you have did you have a a, a kayfabe name? No, no, I didn't, I didn't get that far for me. I didn't get that far. Craven some Raven was as far as we got with that. But hey, it got over, so I stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they they gave me a kayfabe name out of the, out of the wow. shoot. I was, I, I was Mikey Styles, <laughs> <laughs> and I was brought in. Uh, actually, the guy who brought me in worked at Steak and Shake with me. His name was Tommy Styles, and I was supposed to be his kayfabe little brother. So yeah, you know, I was working with some real geniuses over there in Memphis, Tennessee. Ransom. <laughs> did you uh, did you work on a finishing move? Did you have anything like that? Uh, yeah, my first probably half practice matches, I did a choke slam. I'm six foot six, so I fell into a choke slam. But then uh, I kind of went with a sidewalk boss man slam at the end there. Also, tall sure. guy move, long arms, use them up. But yeah, uh, choke slam and somebody's super fun. It's a feeling you can't really describe. <laughs> yeah, I, I would never know. I would never know. Like I said, I had those two punches in a clothesline. It was, you know, that was my, combo, yeah, I mean, my combination finisher. They don't put guys, that on SmackDown. Yeah. 
It's crazy. I mean, I, I just did practice matches. I probably did 20, 25 practice matches in our dojo in front of the trainers and all the guys and stuff like that. But I mean, I didn't even have a real match where people paid and I've got stories like this. I mean, you ever meet a professional wrestler, sit down with them and talk to them. They have got some tales that you will remember. Absolutely. <laughs> you got, you have any tales from the road? I mean, you meet, you're bumping yeah. anybody big time or. Yeah, I guess I, the, um, when I was driving uh, impact guys from the Detroit airport to Windsor, you know, I did, I did Johnny Morrison. I did Johnny impact. Oh, he's got a million different names. Johnny, Johnny Moon. Uh, yeah, there you go. I drove Don Callis, the EVP of impact around Windsor a couple times running some errands, but, uh, the really big one was, uh, <laughs> the, the Lucha brothers and Conan, which was yeah. uh, my, my, my trainer kind of just coached me up on how to talk with Conan at first. Cause he's a super hey, old school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a super old school, like tough, tough guy gave me. And I was like, like, it, I was like approaching this. Like I was like a cadet in the military, like talking to this guy with like the most respect on the face of the earth. Cause I mean, I do respect him, but like I was playing it up big time. Cause you want to show that respect wrestling. It's you, you hear that word more times than, 500 times a day you'll hear respect how to display respect to the vets in the business but yeah i mean we got stuck in immigration for like three hours together me conan and the lucha brothers and they hadn't really talked to me at that point yet and we're just kind of like looking at each other and then by the time we got stuck again on the way back just yeah so yeah i spent like uh three hours in immigration with the lucha brothers and conan and they were all super grateful and thankful everybody i met was super cool and just uh great advice and loved what i was doing just because I wanted to do so much more than just be a wrestler. When people hear this, like I do radio and stuff like that. Jim Ross is like, I've always dreamed of being like Jr. but like, I wanted to know how to do it. So the boys respected me. And then I just happened to fall in love with actually doing it and getting the crap beat out of me. Cause I'm weird. <laughs> so, so let's, uh, let's play pretend here. So <laughs> M live doesn't call. <laughs> what, what is Ben Raven doing right now? That's a really good question with the coronavirus going on because I wouldn't be able to go across the border and most of my shows would have been Ontario with uh, out of the school. So it's like, well, we're in pretend land, Ben, and coronavirus oh, yeah, we're in doesn't pretend exist land? here. Pretend <laughs> land doesn't every, exist here. If I would have kept working my butt off and going there three nights a week, hopefully I would have been wrestling on some border city wrestling shows, some wrestling shows around the Metro Detroit area and kind of building my reputation. It was getting there. I was to- I was told I was close in that last month, but hey, that M Live Lions shape came along, and um, anybody that's followed me knows how much that means to me, too. As much as you hear me gush and love about my time in wrestling, what I'm doing now is what I want to be doing, just to make that clear for anybody getting to know me right now. Absolutely. No, I don't I don't doubt that at all. Um, I know you now that you had some other, maybe some other aspirations <laughs> at one point in time, too. You mentioned earlier you were a college basketball player. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know Ben, he's very tall. He's six foot six. <laughs> But for people who don't see six foot six people normally, he's seven two. So, <laughs> uh, tell me about tell me about basketball. What, what were you? Power forward, small forward? Oh center? man, uh, I was a center through and through my entire life. Uh, I, I it might not look like this because I am six foot six, but at one time I weighed three hundred and eleven pounds at my most, and uh, that was pretty much my basketball career. I mean. 
Davenport kind of gave me a chance to make make a way for me. I was on the JV squad my freshman year, and then the sophomore year they gave me a scholarship and a chance. And uh, I'm gonna be honest, I learned a lot about myself at Davenport too. I mean, it was a dream to play college basketball, but it was like the toughest year and a half of my life because I failed completely, spectacularly, academically and physically. I mean, my weight shot up to 290 pounds and. And then I was working as a butcher with no clear path forward. All of a sudden, moved back in with my parents, going to community college, just like that. So when I think of my college basketball career, I just think of the path that it set me on just because it was such a spectacular failure as a human being, athlete and student. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're here now, so you know something went right along the way, obviously. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Um, and that, that's what I mean by that is uh, I was very grateful and I worked very hard to on a college basketball team and I loved every second of it, but uh, just too distracted. I, I don't know what it was, but uh, it changed me as a person. Cause I realized that opportunity I gave up and just kind of not to do that again. So were you, were you moving that body around? Like uh, were you tractor trailer, Oliver Miller, that sort of oh, thing, uh, using the body in the, in the paint or what? I, I, some of my best friends are guys I played against in college and high school and they shared an old scouting report with me. And it's everybody else has like a paragraph on them. And mine is this dude loves to rebound and hit you. And that's like it. I was, I was kind of like a physical. I love to rebound. I love to get the ball in the post. Like I can shoot the ball. I can shoot the ball from mid range corner three all day, but I loved rebounding. I loved like, man, I was six foot six, 280 pounds. I loved watching people bounce off my body. Like it felt pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, my whole life, my, well, my, the first 15 years of my life, I wanted to be in the NBA. Um, and that's all I ever wanted. I played basketball every day in the driveway, every day it, at school, uh, played on the team. And then I never got past six foot. And, and my dream ended pretty quick because I, I did get past 200 pounds, but I never got past six foot. <laughs> so. <laughs> So it was other things for me like wrestling and pro wrestling and yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think we, we definitely share that love of basketball. Um, you know, Lakers just won the championship uh, earlier this week. And what do you think about that? Are you a, you a LeBron James guy? Or are you more of a Michael Jordan guy? Um, I, I respect both. Cause I remember MJ. I'm old enough to remember MJ, but I mean, I've enjoyed LeBron James's career a lot more than I enjoyed MJ's probably because I was a kid cheering on the Pistons while MJ was rocking it. But uh, I, I have no, there's nothing to hate about LeBron in my eyes. Like, like I get people nitpicking about the goat debate. That's always going to happen. But uh, that dude's special. And there are moments where he looks better than he did in 2012 and 2013 and year 17. And it just blows you away. And he's one of those guys where I, I watch and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this while I can. Well, you mentioned there, uh, you know, your childhood a little bit. So let's, I mean, let's talk about that. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so where, where did you grow up, Ben? What, uh, and, uh, you know, how big was sports on, on your life early on? I know wrestling was big. I, I've seen the picture of you dressed as Sting for Halloween. <laughs> so. But uh, tell, tell me about, tell me about other sports and growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm an only child. Um, Grew up in Greenville, Michigan. I was born in Grand Haven, but grew up in Greenville, just outside of Grand Rapids. And uh, basketball was my life from as far as I can remember until that second year at Davenport. I was 20 years old. Uh, my dad's a multi-time All-State player, played in college. 
I got uncles and cousins that are ADs and head coaches and all state players. Like my whole family is like basketball, like college basketball players, overseas basketball players, coaches and ADs. And so basketball has been in my blood since as long as I can remember. And it still is like, I love the game. I know I just talked very glowingly about my college basketball career, but that was a life goal of mine. And while it flopped, I still made it there and I'm still proud of that. But, uh, yeah, the childhood was sports-based. It was football. I was a giant kid, uh, played rocket football. I didn't get to play defense until I was in middle school because I could never make the weight limit. So I was one heck of a left tackle for about five years in rocket peewee football. But um, yeah, I ended up not playing uh, my junior, senior year in high school. I had an elbow surgery my senior year and my junior year. There were just some things. I was ready to focus on basketball. I got called up to the varsity team as a sophomore, and I was really kind of feeling that I've kind of felt like basketball is what I should have put all my marbles into. And then I was really missing football and I was going to make a comeback my senior year. And uh, I ended up having an off season elbow surgery because I wouldn't have been able to play basketball my senior year. So I mean, sports have been my life sports have been my life for as long as I can remember. There was a blip in the radar where I kind of ducked out of the sports world after the Davenport tenure, but uh, I'm back. And uh, I mean, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be. I mean, I'm a basketball guy at heart, but I love football too. And I mean, I, th- I look back at that senior year of high school and it still hurts my heart a little bit that like I, I didn't play varsity football, one because of an injury, one because I thought it was be better to focus on one sport because that's where my college aspirations were. So I'm a walking proof of that is don't focus on one sport, kids. Keep your options open. <laughs> yeah, no, that I mean, that happened to me, too. I, I should have played football. I wish I had. I, I didn't at all in high school. I was I was on the wrestling team. I, I did track and field. But I only did that so I didn't have to get a job. But, uh, uh, so, so you mentioned, um, your dad, you said your dad was, was, uh, a pretty big athlete. So do you, do you feel like maybe you were in his shadows? I, I, I can speak, uh, myself, you know, my stepdad played football for Michigan state. He had an extremely short tenure with the Raiders. And, and I always felt like, uh, you know, like I was in his shadow, like I could never be, uh, you know, that as good as he is. Did did you, did you have those feelings? Yeah. And it was my own doing just because, I mean, I idolized him growing up and I would like read his clippings and stuff and like a playoff game, you went 43 points and 32 rebounds. Wow. Okay. That takes me five games to do that. So it's just absolutely, absolutely. When you're playing that and then you, (laughs) I remember playing a game at Grand Valley state and we're walking in the hallway going down to the basketball court and it's two of my cousins on their hall of fame wall on the plaque. And my teammates are like, are those your, is that your family? I'm just like, yeah. And they always joke like, well, you're not as good as them. Are you? Well, I was like, they're talented ball handlers. I, I'm the six foot six, uh, <laughs> the brute. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That. But all that stuff self-inflicted, like, I don't know. If yeah. you idolize somebody, you put yourself in their shadow. I mean, and I'm a, I look at the stats. I didn't measure up statistically. It's it's fact. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, not only did I did I have that issue, but you know, like my brother behind me was was a better athlete than I was too. He went to state in wrestling. He was all you know all conference in football, and and I was just a medium okay wrestler. I mean, I, I you know I lost my, my my I was good at basketball, but I just couldn't make the team. I was too big. I was too short. Uh, but yeah, you know, life is funny how it works out that way here. If those who can't do write about it, that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, all right. Well, speaking of those who can't do, we should probably talk about the lions. Uh, but first let's take a quick break.
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the Man Coverage Pod. I have Ben Raven from MLive today. We're about to talk about the Detroit Lions coming in after the bye week. They got Jacksonville this Sunday. Ben, they've got a pretty easy seven-game slate. At least it looks that way, right? Uh, a bunch of teams that haven't won their first game yet, a couple of teams that only have one win. What's going to happen? If you had to predict it. <laughs> I think this is, man... I, this is, feels like I, I, I watched the Jaguars this past weekend and it's kind of like, how would the Lions lose to this team? You know, like all respect in the world to what James James Robinson has been doing as an undrafted rookie out of the backfield. But there's no reason why the Lions shouldn't be able to stop this rushing attack. DJ Turk is hurt. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to stop this passing attack. Jacksonville's offensive line isn't great. Blitz a couple guys and maybe get a pass rush. I mean, I I can't. I, my prediction would be a Lions win, but I'm not going to sit here and say I'd be surprised if they lost. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> it's really hard uh, when you look at the Jaguars. I think they've given what, uh, uh, three other teams their first win of the season. Three other bad teams, I should say. Um, you know, are the Lions going to be able to go in there and get a win over this team? I, I just don't know. I don't know who this team is, and that's the hardest part. Well, I mean, I, I take that back. I kind of do know who this team is. Mm-hmm. This team is is stubbornness personified. This, this team is, has the opportunity, the players, and the talent to be good, but they refuse to do it. They're in their own way. Um, what do you think about Matt Patricia's coaching, and do you think that narcissism is really the big the big problem for him i don't know if it's narcissism but i feel like it's that thing that you see in most patriot coordinators that become coaches is an unwavering commitment to the scheme over the result uh i i just i I look at that defense and it's kind of every game since the first week of last season has felt exactly the same like exactly the same from the double digit blown leads to the wins, to the losses that they did lead in. And I just, uh, they don't blitz. They rely way too much on man coverage. I mean, we're seeing a lot more zone in these last two weeks, but that's the biggest changes I've seen since stepping on the beat. And they're honestly not that big of changes. So no, not, that's a great, not at all. What, what do you, do you think? Is that like the fan base pulse? Is it narcissism? Is that how it's being read out there? Cause that's, I mean, I guess that's technically narcissism, an unwavering commitment to your scheme, no matter the results. I mean, I want to give him credit for playing more zone coverage, but at the same time, they're still not blitzing. They're still relying Uh, on three guys. 
I, I, w- I don't know if I would say that it's the fans that necessarily feel that way. I, I think maybe there's certainly a contingency of that too. I, I think this is more so something that I've sort of noticed because again, I, I, to reiterate what you said, they're, they're totally, they have an unwavering commitment to trying to make this scheme work when you have players that have the ability to rush the passer. You don't want to have them rush the passer. When you have guys that can do other things that other than man coverage, you don't want them to do that. When you got Matthew Stafford, you can air it out. Granted, he's having a you know a, a, an okay season. Mm-hmm. He can he can air it out, but you don't want him to. And then, you know you're you're they're so focused on this old school style of football, run run pass, and it clearly is not working. And then it, when you bring that to Matt Patricia, he says things like, "Well, you know, I had the greatest fourth quarter call of all time," or, uh, "You know, I came to Detroit and I had to do a lot of work." It, it, it seems it seems like um, he's blaming everybody but himself. I, I think that's that's okay. that. I think that's how a lot of people feel. I mean, and it, this wasn't a rebuild. This shouldn't have been a complete rebuild. And no. I mean, what else? I mean, and it still wasn't a rebuild, you know, I mean, I, it's the weirdest three-year stretch coming off of a pretty successful stretch for this franchise. I mean, going from that to this feels like such a self-inflicted wound. And it's like, at this point last year, I was kind of like frustrated by the anger and like rush to firing Patricia calls. And this year it's kind of like, all right, I get y'all because I'm seeing the same thing I saw last year. I mean, I look at somebody – I'm curious to get your take on Jared Davis here because, like, Jared Davis is a very good pass rusher and struggles with just about everything else. I think he's got about 12 pass rush snaps on the season, and he's still being used in coverage. Like, his role is reduced, but he's like, I just don't understand because, like you said, they've got the pieces to rush the passer. They've got one of the best all-around edge talents in the league in Trey Flowers and pieces to put on the other side of him, like a Jamie Collins, like a Jared Davis, like an Okwara to – different type of pass rushers and it's like still not happening. Like it's three or nothing. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that Jared Davis has an amazing, amazing pass rushing talent. We see it all the time, whether he can actually commit to the tackle or not is another story, but he could get there uh, and he's really bad in coverage. And that is stipulated. We know that we know he's really bad. So why not try to redesign, you know, him as a player at this point, why not, have him line up like you, you know, like Julian Aquara did at Notre Dame, like what, what we thought mm-hmm. the Lions were going to draft Julian Aquara to do. Um, why not put, put Jared on the edge and just make him a pass rusher, keep him out of coverage. You've got Jamie Collins who is, you know, better at least he's not the greatest, but he's better in coverage. Um, yeah. I just don't know why it, it again, it's this, it's this idea that if we just keep doing it, eventually it's going to work. And then everybody will say that they were wrong and we were right all along. It's just the weirdest. And and Jeremy and I talked about this last week on the pod. Mm -hmm. It's the, and you sort of alluded to it as well. It's the idea that they did not need a, a a rebuild. This was not supposed to be a rebuild. This was supposed to be, you're going to move us to the next phase. The lions called or uh, Schwartz dug him out of the grave. Caldwell made him competitive you're supposed to make them winners, you know, the championship type stuff. Instead, he, he came in and ripped out the culture as if it were a rebuild mm-hmm. and the culture was happy and the culture was, uh, you know, we want to win. And, and now, and it, it just made so many people miserable. And, and uh, it's, it's a really interesting time to be a lions fan. 
No, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the defense, I mean, how long can you rely on a Ben don't break defense when you break, when it matters every single time? It's very frustrating to try and I'll tell you, like the Groundhog's Day feeling after games is like getting harder and harder. It's like, how am I going to make this different than last week when it's the same exact problems? It's the same. It's a very it's a very frustrating time to cover the Lions, as I'm sure it is to watch them. I mean, yeah. seriously. I mean, yeah, let's talk about the offense for a while. There is a, like a lot of old school stuff in that fourth quarter against the Saints. What was your take on that? It really felt like the pedal was completely off in a winnable game. Matthew Stafford walking the line, taking the play clock down to five seconds, running on second and long, running on third down. Just like what's going on here? Yeah, uh, you know, I. I get what they were trying to do. The idea is that you run down the clock, you get the stop on the Saints offense that you couldn't get all day, and then you get the ball last. I understand that, and it would make a lot more sense if you had gotten some stops, but to that point, I think they had only got the Saints to punt once, twice maybe. I, I you know, it, it was bad. Uh, and, and the thing that you know you can't do is run the ball. Even if Adrian Peterson is is – uh, kind of a breath of fresh air for the Lions. He's what only averaging three point three yards per carry. I mean, that's really bad. You got to have Stafford airing it out in that situation. You go down, you score a touchdown. There's maybe six, seven minutes left, you, and then you work. Then you work to try to get the ball back. Uh, they 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 went at it as if they were a good enough team to make all that happen. <laughs> so yeah, it, it it was very very hard to watch when you're you want your team to have uh, urgency and they're just not doing it. They're just, they just look, uh, they just, they cratered. They looked lost out there. They'd look sad. And it was just Stafford normally so upbeat. I've never seen him look like this before. Mm-hmm. Agreed on that. Yeah, no, I mean, and we're all of this, this team is two wins away from being 500 in a, Season where the playoffs are expanded and the next two games are against the 0-5 Falcons and the Jaguars, who just gave the Bengals their first win, the Texans their first win, and the Dolphins their first win. Like, what a weird (laughs) – half the fan base wouldn't be surprised to wake up to a text saying that the coach and GM got fired. Well, in two (laughs) weeks from now, we could be talking about a 500 team in the sixth or seventh wildcard spot. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. It's insane because and you look at the team, look at the league around the Lions right now. Nobody is really sticking out. Uh, The Packers are obviously having a good year. That's that's fine. And the Chiefs are looking good as well. But they just lost to the Raiders on Sunday. Dak Prescott went down with an injury. Nick Chubb is injured. Uh, Who else is injured? Everybody's injured. So Taquan Barkley (laughs) is injured. I mean, everyone is hurt. Uh, the Lions are like a major NFC North injury away from potentially like turning things around. I mean, obviously they got to do their part mm-hmm. to win, but seriously, if the Lions can go on like a, a miracle seven game run, there's no there's no reason that they can't pull off a miracle and, and make it to the playoffs. But I just oh, yeah. don't believe that they can do that. <laughs> no, and neither do I. And I mean, the Bears being four and one feels like a crime against humanity. Like, how yeah. is that? How how are they four and one? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear you. And I mean, hey, as negative as it is about the Lions right now, that schedule sets up. What is it? Ten and twenty-five. The combined record over the seven games. Matt yeah. Patricia's 10, 25, and 1 in three yeah. seasons. That's funny. <laughs> That's, <laughs> Maybe it's a sign. I don't know. I'm sort of a superstitious guy. Maybe that means that the Lions are about to go on a run. I, 
There you go. Or maybe, I don't know. Um, I think that I do think this is a theory that I have before we head to our, our next segment here. This is a theory that I have about why Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn haven't been fired. And I think it is because of this next seven games stretch and how bad these teams look. Um, I think they're going to give them a chance if they can, if they can make it through this with a, you know, five and, you know, two record or whatever, if they could make it out of here with a winning record, then they'll say, uh, you know, okay, all right. You know, things are looking up, but why, why fire, why fire your coaches and GM when you're about to face teams this bad? That's my theory. No, I hear you. And I mean, if they're three and three after these next two games, they're last in the end of the season. That's my opinion. I think if they lose the next two, then you will see what happened in Atlanta and Houston. I made that prediction today. If they lose the next two, it's over. Optimism is dead if that happens. Yeah, I'll have to agree. I'll have to agree. Although I am, I am almost on the side of the fence that says if they lose on Sunday, then it's over because the Jaguars. Well, I mean, I guess the Jaguars are definitely better, better than the Falcons. I see what you're saying. Just uh, yeah, that, that that too bad. Just bam, bam, bad loss, yes, bad loss. Especially, oh, yeah. especially <laughs> the Falcons who just let go of their GM and head coach. You lose to that team, you are real bad. Uh, that's going to be the funnest game of the year, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> two, two teams that really don't want to win going at it. It's gonna be it's gonna be like that episode of South Park where the two two baseball teams in the state championship are trying to lose. The NFL should make them go for two on every touchdown, <laughs> kick only onside kicks. <laughs> yes, let's play this Madden style. I would love to be that way. All right, we got uh, one more segment coming up. We're gonna put Ben through the. Uh, patented lightning round we might throw in a couple extra questions for him as well but first we're going to take another quick break What do you think? What do you think commercial is happening right now? I think it's Direct TV. Uh, Stanley Cleaners, no, Seamers. Stanley Cleaners. I don't. I don't think we have them. <laughs> and w- welcome back to the Man Coverage Pod. Today we've got Ben Raven of M Live on. We're having a good time talking about wrestling and basketball and how bad the Lions are. But right now we got to put him through the patented lightning round. Now, Ben, I think you've listened to the podcast before, so you kind of know what's about to happen, right? That's true. So, all right. It's 10 questions. For those who are tuning in for the first time, it's 10 questions. Some are football related. Some are entertainment related. Some are food related. And I'm going to throw in maybe one, two, maybe even three extra questions for fun. So, Ben, are you ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Let's start you off. Question number one. What are you watching right now? What are you streaming on Netflix, Hulu? What do you got? Oh, I just finished my like 90th rewatch of Parks and Rec. Um, and uh, um, oddly, I've never watched the show before, but I just got a YouTube TV subscription. I've been watching The Big Bang Theory for the first time in my life. And it's a nice little thoughtless TV show to throw in the background while working from home. That makes you laugh randomly every once, 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, that's on HBO Max. I've never watched it before. I maybe maybe seen an episode once or twice. It's been on for a really long time, so it must be good. I, maybe I'll give it a shot. I don't know. Yeah, I caught my parents watching it. Made me giggle a couple times, so it turned into my like work half volume on show. 
if you notice some of the decorations around my my office here, I you can tell I'm a nerd as well. So yes. Uh, if I was at home right now, you'd I'd pull out my long boxes and all my wrestling gear for you here too. That's awesome. <laughs> show my luchador mask there. All right. Uh, that was not what I wore as a professional wrestler, by the way. I got that in Mexico. I, I feel like I need to explain that. <laughs> uh, all right. This one's a little bit of a hard one. A lot of people have, at, have answered with, you know, two or three guys, and that's okay if you do as well. Um, what's your, who's your favorite football player ever? Okay. Favorite football player ever. That's a good one. Charles Woodson's up there. Yeah. Charles Woodson's in the top three. Randy Moss is in the top three and uh, Barry Sanders. Those three right there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's top tier right there all the way around. Um, I've known some, some of the guys have, have thrown in uh, football players that they've had a, the chance to cover or had a chance to talk with. There's, is there anybody in the locker room that, that you love to communicate with, uh, think it's funny or, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Deshaun hand. I'm always on alert for him. Cause he scared the living crap out of me one time, sneaking up behind me in the locker room. But, uh, geez, I haven't been in that locker room in so long. It's hard to say, <laughs> you know, it's nice not having a on there anymore. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, he was mean. A <laughs> Sean was really mean. Very mean. Wish him nothing uh, but the best. I see he's having health problems. Wish him nothing but the best. But uh, absolutely, yeah. I don't think he ever gave me a quote that didn't have the f word in it. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give people just a tiny little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, Garrett Blunt was pretty mean too. I, I, we were in Minnesota, and he grabbed a reporter and physically like <laughs> threw him out of the way. And I and I was like scared. I was scared that. I was going to be next, but yeah, it's uh, that's that's kind of what's going on in the Lions locker room sometimes. And they kind of do look sure, like that I'm Boise sure Lions, State guy, right? I thought he was going to punch me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Legarrette was going to punch me, just like the Boise State guy. All right, uh, we've got our next question here. Backstreet Boys are in sync. Hmm, Backstreet Boys. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Why? My mom had both their CDs when I was growing up and would play them. And uh, one of my best friends in the world, Drew, his fiance, wife to be, her favorite thing on the face of the earth is the Backstreet Boys. So I'll give them a little shout out here. I always liked the Backstreet Boys more than NC. Better songs, better solos, you know, better music videos, I thought. I know that's a hot take, but I like the Backstreet Boys okay. music videos. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, a, a little shameless plug in here. Drew, the man he's talking about, is going to be on our show here in about two weeks. So Nice. There's a little little shameless plug for the man coverage pod. All right. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. All right. Bonus question. Mm. Is Stone Cold Steve Austin ever going to come back again? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's a podcaster and beer seller. <laughs> good for him. All right. Another bonus question. Is CM Punk ever going to wrestle in WWE again? Oh man, how old is he now? Is he like forty three now? Hmm. He's yeah, he's he's up there. He's in the forties probably. I don't think it's going to happen. No. Okay. All right. We'll take it. All right. On to the <laughs> lightning round questions here. What's your favorite movie? Oh man, of all time. Oh, that's tough. Uh, it's probably Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones. Raiders okay. Lost yeah, Ark. that's a great movie. Great, great movie. I like it. 
Uh, do you like Crystal Skull? I don't. I don't like it, but I don't hate it as much as everybody else. Like I can find good things that I like about it, character based. But I think I'm just a uh, Indiana Jones mark a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, if you take out the monkey thing, it's really a pretty good movie. I think. You, I, if it's you take pretty out, good. All right. The refrigerator scene and the ending are pretty rough, but <laughs> I love the refrigerator scene. We saw them. Um, we saw Nazis get their ma- their faces melted. <laughs> good point. Good point. That's the refrigerator fair. Okay. Thing makes perfectly good sense in the grand scheme of things. All right. All right. Now I got to put you through a situation here. Let's see. What do I want to do with Ben this week? Let's go. Let's do. I'm going to put you on your opponent's 20-yard line, okay? You got 28 seconds left, all right? One timeout. And you've got Gus Farratt as your quarterback. Man. (laughs) Take us to to the win, man. What what moves are you pulling off here? Two play-action bootlegs. I said, I said, to take us to the win, Ben. <laughs> you say right. Gus Rod and all Play I can picture is him nice. driving his own head into the freaking wall in celebration. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, oh, that's, I that's want the ball in that man's hands. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So I I may know the answer to this question, but let's let's see anyways. If if you could be a pro athlete, what sport would you play? Basketball. It's basketball. It's in no? the NBA. Okay. Yeah. That was a what dream team? that I can remember having. <laughs> Very what team? Oh man. Yeah, what team? Can't be the Pistons. Oh, sh- Got to be a away team. Toronto Raptors, baby. Let's go. Oh okay. Give yeah, me that work visa with <laughs> with Drake. Yeah. There you go. Uh. Wow, you got to have that work visa to train as a wrestler over there in the dungeon. Right, man. Kicked me out of the country a couple of freaking times. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I actually got we got kicked out of Canada once. Uh, oh. We we, we tried to we tried to get in with no driver's license or or uh, uh, passport, and they sent us to customs. And then we always laugh about this. They came to us and they said, "Please leave Canada." They were so polite about it. Please leave right. Canada. <laughs> so, yeah, I got kicked out twice because I thought I was sneaking into the country to work behind their backs. But uh, nah. I got kicked out of the country nah. for training to professional wrestling. That's awesome. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. What, what What's your go-to pizza toppings? Hmm. Go-to pizza toppings. Uh Go to pizza toppings. See, I'm lactose intolerant, so I'm very selective with my pizza toppings. Oh. And um, I'm friendly to my vegetarian partner, too. So we'll do a – man, I'm going to get some tweets on this one. Jalapeno and pineapple. Suck it, world. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's horrible. What kind of combination is that? Sweet. With vegan cheese? No, no. I, if I if I have to get a, if I'm feeling weird about the cheese selection, I'll get a vegan cheese on my own and let my partner get her own thing. But if we're splitting a pizza, let's do a pepper. We we usually go with that jalapeno pineapple. It's her favorite, and she turned me on to it. <sighs> I can't wait for that, man. Yeah. That's, that's two that's, weeks in a row that we've had pineapple on this podcast. I'm not happy about it. You're gonna <laughs> get nothing but the truth down. from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got two questions left. Uh, Nike or Adidas? 
Uh, Adidas basketball shoes were always more comfortable for me. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, Adidas. Sure. Why not? Okay. We'll take it. All right, Ben, this is it, man. This is the big Ooh. question. This is the one that you're here for. This is what I'm here for. Mm. God put me on, on this planet for this. It's God intended. <laughs> Our quarterback wins real. No, hell no. What? No, absolutely not. Never. So proud. So proud of you. Uh, ex- your explanation on that? <laughs> Just like, Matt, look at Matthew Stafford. Like, how can yeah. you judge Matthew Stafford? He's the perfect example for this. How can you judge Matthew Stafford's career based on wins and losses? And then you go back to look at, like, I was on Phil Sims' pro football reference page for some reason. I'm like, this guy did nothing to move the ball downfield and won, like, two Super Bowls. Screw that. Just like, I was anticipating this question. But, no, I've never viewed that way. I'm proud. I stood, stood with you from the beginning on this one. Hell no. Oh, man. That's great. We're, I think Ben together we can like form some sort of army. We can, we can <laughs> march down, you know, Washington with this. We're gonna get that removed from Pro Football References page. It's gonna happen. See, I like it on the page. I like. No, I, I hate like, it on the page. Really? Okay, I like the reference. I, I like having it. I don't know. Oh Those no, I love as a starter. Uh, I don't. I don't put any weight into it. But <laughs> no, man. Wait, so are you reporting about quarterback wins and losses? No. Are you doing it for the money, Ben? No. Did you sell out? (laughs) Yeah, I'm selling out. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody that still works at MLive sold out to anything. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Well, I appreciate you coming on today, Ben. I'm not going to take any more of your time up. And uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? No, not really. Thanks for having me on. It's a good time. I appreciate what y'all do. It's a fun little podcast. Glad you're doing it. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Let's do a season wins loss prediction. What's your final wins loss prediction for the Lions? Put you on the spot. Oh, oh my gosh. All right. Uh, I'm going three and 13. I thought I was going to get, get out of here unscathed. Uh, three and 13. Okay. Uh, what was your initial prediction of preseason? Six and 10. Six and 10. Okay. So you never believed in them. I, I'm the guy who had him at 11 and five. Yeah, uh, you were that guy. Yeah, that's I right. was. That was me. I, now Kyle, Mikey had him at 10 and six, so Damn. I don't feel too too bad. Uh, right now, man. Oh, I think they. You know, I think when you got Matthew Stafford in the lineup, you you you're going to win more than three games. I think. Uh, give me. I'm going to flip my my prediction. Give me five and 11. Okay. Okay. And they're looking for a new GM in January. How's your pulse? They're looking for a new GM way before that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, (laughs) we'll, we'll finish embarrassing ourselves now. And uh, again, Ben, I appreciate you coming on and uh, Ben, tell people where you can find them real quick. Oh, I'm on Twitter at Benjamin S Raven and all my lions work is at mlive.com slash lions. And that's about where I live. Both those sites right there. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at POD underscore Peyton. And obviously you can find all my work at pride of Detroit. And we got a lot of good stuff going on at pride of Detroit right now. We got tons of podcasts, tons of great articles coming out. Go follow us on Twitter like us on Apple, subscribe on Apple. I'm not sure how you do that or not. Follow us on Spotify. Check us out on Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. Uh, ben, again, thanks for coming on. Everybody, thanks for listening. And we'll see what happens on Sunday. Mm-hmm.